Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a mother to two small children, a coach, writer, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi, friend, and welcome to today's episode. I hope this finds you doing well and taking sweet care of yourself. We are on the precipice of an important shift into the winter season. The winter solstice is on December 21st, and it's the shortest day of the year. It's the longest night, and from December 22nd on, the light will grow and grow until the summer solstice when things shift again. And I wrote more about the winter solstice in my newsletter this week in case you want to learn what this day means and what it might have to say about you and the service that you want to bring into this world. So I'll put a link to that post below. This is a pivotal threshold that we're crossing. It's a time when we can truly begin the deep work of imagining a new cycle of growth in the coming spring and summer. So I encourage you to intentionally carve out some space for yourself so that you can tune in this winter. It could be a large period of space, a weekend or a day, maybe not in January, but in February or early March. It could be a smaller space that I'll talk about today, like a daily container. But I do encourage you to make room in your life to really tune in to the quiet, brilliance of the winter season because it has important things to teach us but the things it wants to say aren't loud (laughs) it's not like the obvious growth that we see in the spring or the vibrant falling away that we witness in the autumn but if you have done the work of letting go this fall or if you're willing to do it now whenever you're listening you can always start new if you're willing to do the work of letting go of the things you know are just ready to die or be composted, then there are new insights, new possibilities percolating in your inner soil. But we need the space to listen for them because again, they're just not as loud as our inner criticisms or the beliefs we have about what's not possible. They're quiet, they're subtle. And today's episode will be a primer on how to tune into those possibilities by creating a strong container for yourself in which you can get grounded and sift through the changes that you might want to make or to explore the things that you're yearning for. And I wrote about the topic of containment for my newsletter community and I got good feedback. So I thought I would go into more depth here and share it with all of you. And if you're not on my newsletter list, but would like to be, you can visit wildnewwork.com or the link in the show notes. So I'll start with our opening invocation and then we will begin. So wherever you are, just taking a moment to feel your body, maybe take a deeper breath than you've taken today. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. So I want to start by talking about what happens when we don't have a strong container for ourselves and for our growth and connection. What happens is that we live in a way that 
strings us along where we're being sort of reactive to everything happening around us. We're unrooted, unanchored. We can't quite find our legs. We don't have a proactive, intentional relationship with our life. And this is a common issue that I see for clients when they're starting out our work together. It's really easy to get caught up in the currents all around, you know, going along with work that isn't a fit, but that, you know, it's been offered. So they think they need to just take it or, you know, feeling really overwhelmed by the layers and layers of pain and change that we are experiencing in this world right now. Or, you know, if someone doesn't have a good container and they come to me and they know that they want to do good work, but they're feeling really overwhelmed, it is often because they're letting their energy get used up in things that are not in integrity for them. And that's been such a habit, this sense of being unanchored or unrooted in your life and to your values, that's become such a habit that they start to believe that all they have right now, all that they can see is all that they can have right? We can get into a place where we start to believe that a life of overwhelm and disconnection and reactivity is all that's available to us. And that's just not true. So all of this is happening around us. We all live in complicated webs of community and environments. We're in this incredible political and sociological situation here in the United States, especially. And so we're at the whim of all of this. And then if we don't have a strong container, but we know we want to start doing better work or we want to start feeling more aligned, it's very difficult to do that. Because if we don't have a place where we get grounded, where we can really root in and see what's here and digest and sift through and explore, it's A, hard to know what the work we want to do more of even is, and B, even if we have a sense of what it is, we will probably go about it getting there in a way that's full of grasping or misalignment along the way. And so we end up where we were in the beginning. And so without a strong container for our growth and our process, we become panicky and reactive. We are like clamoring for the work or the life or the community or the world that we want, but it's not coming from a place of integrity and sovereignty. It's coming out of panic and reaction, which is not bad at all. And there's no shame here whatsoever. I panic and react all the time. But we have agency over how we can sort of set the tone for our days. And it's a constant practice. And it's become, I think, more demanding and consequential as our world shifts and as major systems around us crumble, including career and our concept of what we can have in working life and the flexibility that we want and all of that. So this is really important and I'm excited to talk to you about it today and to hopefully inspire you to create a container that works for you and that can really support your evolution this coming winter, spring, summer, and the next fall. So I want to talk for a minute about how the concept of containment fits into my seasonal framework so that you know where I'm coming from. So I guide my clients, my coaching clients through a seasonal process for their evolution and to support them in getting into work that feels better to them and also has a meaningful impact. And so we always begin in the fall season, metaphorically. 
And in the fall, we're talking about release, right? We need to let go of what's no longer working. We need to grieve that. We need to forgive ourselves. And in order to do that, we need to hone our skill of containment. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. But that's just the beginning. First, we focus on containment, and then we move into the winter season, where now that we've let go of something, there is space for something new to emerge, but it's not here yet. So how do we create a safe, loving, warm environment in which to foster that deep change that's not visible yet? In the winter, we focus on the skill of attunement so that we can really attune to what our bodies and hearts and intuitions are telling us about where to go next. And then we move into the spring where we can begin to see the fruits of our change. We see these little sprouts growing and we want to tend to them and protect them in the midst of the chaotic weather. So we want to focus on the skill of emergence, right? We don't want to force change. We don't want to plop, you know, the daffodil bulb in and yell at it until it blooms because that won't work, right? We want to work with what's already here, what's already flowing. What can I pollinate with? Where can I find the beauty and the nectar that's here? And then in the summer, we see and support the fullest expression of our values as they're showing up right now. And so we want to focus on the skill of alignment, making choices and moving in a way that is in alignment with the values that we've identified back, you know, in the earlier part of the process. So containment, attunement, emergence, and alignment are really the major skills that I focus on in this program. And I want to start by talking about the first one today, containment. And we start here because it's sort of, it's fundamental, really. Without containment, we won't have the energy reserves or the wisdom to move through the winter, spring, and summer stages of this process. And when I talk about containment, I mean an intentional space within and outside of you that enables you to connect to your deeper self and to the divine or to source or to God, whatever word makes sense to you. Without a sacred space that we can enter into daily, where we can sort through our experiences, where we can, you know, introspect about what's resonating for us and what's not without that sacred space. It's very easy to get thrashed about in this life and get farther and farther away from what our own bodies, hearts and instincts are telling us about what we need and how to live and how to step up as people and leaders in these really complicated, difficult times. So this is where I start with my clients and I strongly advise every client and we work through this together to get serious about their daily practice of, of introspection because it really is the keystone of sustainable and intentional change. This has been true for me. I wrote about this in my newsletter. Seven years ago, I started meditating and I didn't call it that at the time, but I was working, I am working with still an amazing therapist who said, you know, have you ever tried just sort of sitting and being still and setting up sort of sacred space for yourself? And this was after a long period of walking away from the religion that I grew up in. And before then, having had a really strong spiritual practice of prayer and devotion and um, community in that, and I had walked away from that and was really at sea with my own spirituality and sense of connection. 
And so when she suggested that, I sort of bristled because I wasn't ready to, you know, pray again. And I needed to sort of sift through what all of that meant to me. But I could sit still for a few minutes and I tried it. And I set up a little sacred space in a spare room and I tried it one day and then I tried it the next day and the next day. And I've meditated almost every day for the last seven years and it truly is my lifeline. So these containers can look so many different ways. My own containers have really changed as I've grown, as I've become a parent, as we've moved houses, as our spaces have changed. It could be creating an altar that you meditate next to every day. It could mean getting up before everyone else in your house does to journal or pray or meditate or reflect. It could be a walking meditation practice that you do. It could be a morning soaking ritual. It just needs to be spacious. It needs to be consistent. And I recommend daily and I recommend the morning, even if you don't identify as a morning person. And it needs to have some intention behind it. If we just take a bath every morning, it's just a bath. But if we claim the practice as a sacred container for clarity and rejuvenation, if we light a candle or we turn on some impactful music or we bring our journal or we pull a tarot card, then it becomes a lot more than just taking a bath. (laughs) So my three suggestions for you for where to focus are to create spaciousness. It needs to be something that feels spacious. So I don't mean like cramming in your introspection into five or 10 minutes. Of course, you can start there, but it needs to be sort of an antidote to the tenor and rhythm of the rest of your day, which is probably fairly busy. So it needs to feel spacious. There needs to be some consistency. And again, I do recommend daily because that's how we build habits and make change. The fact, like what we do in the container is much less important than actually having it, right? If you just have this place, I recommend it being the same place too, the same time, same place every day. If you know you're going to go there, it's like when you know you have an appointment with your therapist or your coach, right? You start like holding things and and holding them close and remembering that you want to bring that to this session. You want to offer that and talk about it and dissect it and understand it. You start doing that with your daily container too. And but that only can happen if it's consistent and your brain can sort of get on board with that new rhythm. So spaciousness, consistency, and then intention. Again, you want to name this practice as sacred, right? And that brings a different kind of energy to it. So then you're you're not just sitting on your bed journaling. You're connecting to something. You're connecting to yourself to your higher self, to your intuition, and to the source of life all around you. So I want to offer a few places that you can start. If you already have a ritual that you do every day, see if you can shift the intention and make it feel more introspective and sacred. So if you take a shower every day and you don't feel like you have the space to add anything else right now, make your shower your sacred container. You can use it as a meditation. You can be really mindful of how the water flows, the water element, how that element is being reflected in your life, how you can emulate the flow of water more easily and feel into that purification. You can light a candle or put some music on and just making that experience sacred, naming it as that. It doesn't have to measure up to anyone's standards, but yours. You'll know when you kind of 
get into something that feels intentionally valuable to you. You could also start by clearing a physical space in your home as a way to symbolically create space in your mind, your awareness, and in your life. I do absolutely recommend that you have a sacred place that is just for you in your home, whether it's a little corner where you have an altar and a candle or a whole room that you can use as your space. Anything that just feels like it's somewhere you can be and kind of let down and be supported in exploring and evolving and digesting the things that you go through as a human. My last suggestion for where to start is to consider getting up earlier in the day. And this is true for parents and caregivers especially. The day is so different when we can metabolize what's going on for us, when we can check in with ourselves and start the day intentionally rather than with a rush of activity and demands from others. You know, I don't know about you if you have kids, but when my kids get up, they are immediately demanding. (laughs) So cute and so sweet, but they always need something. And if I have meditated and taken the space to write and have taken quiet time to set an intention for the day, that feels a lot less overwhelming than if I've got the alarm going and the kids are coming in the room and everyone needs something. So I encourage you to just start wherever you can. If the desire is there, if you've resonated with what I've shared, you can find a way and it will shift. It will grow as you grow. But as long as there's a spaciousness there, a consistency and your intention, you'll do great. So that's what I wanted to offer you today. I hope you feel inspired to create or recreate and resettle into a container that can support you in the coming winter and beyond. If this landed for you and you are desirous of creating some new space for yourself, especially in your working life, I want to invite you to a free 30-minute class I'm teaching in January called Meant for More, Reclaim Your Energy and Your Calling. And I'm going to be talking about three simple ways that you can start to restore your energy and step into a life and work that feels important to you and aligned for you. Again, it's so easy to be caught up in what everyone else is doing or what everyone else needs from us or the jobs and work that is simply offered to us. But this is a a small offering to help you kind of recenter and reclaim that energy and this one life that you get to live on this earth, which is beautiful. And I want to support you in making it meaningful through the work that you do. So it's going to be offered at three different days and times in January so that you can find one that works for your schedule. And the link is in the show notes and you can also find it at awildnewwork.com. Okay, my friend, I will be back with you on Tuesday, January 4th to talk about how you can attune to the shifts available to you in the winter season. Until then, take such good care and I'll see you on the other side.